0: and Carrie for leading us in worship this morning. I want to invite you to go ahead and turn to James chapter 3. And as you do, I want to share a little bit with you about uh, my bout with COVID. Uh, One of the really weird things that uh, we faced with COVID was the lack of taste. Like Everything else I experienced, I've had before. I've had aches when I've had the flu. I've had sinus issues pretty much since I went to college. Sinus and allergy pain and, and headaches and all kinds of stuff like that throughout the years. But not being able to taste something for a chubby guy like me, that was tough. Like, I knew I had to eat, right? I mean, I knew I had to put food in my mouth. And, and um, one night it was as uh, Christine Barth had dropped off some chicken and I texted her afterwards and I said, I could actually taste it. And she said she put a lot of garlic on it. So that was probably why I could taste it. But the reality was it was so weird. I could put something in my mouth and I knew that it was supposed to be sweet. And I could put something in my mouth and I knew it was supposed to be sour. And it was weird. My, my, my saliv- salivary glands, they would respond. Like I could, I'd put something sour in there and all of a sudden my mouth would water. But I couldn't taste it. It was such a weird, weird thing. But see, one thing that I've discovered this past week as I've been preparing to preach this message from James chapter 3 is the tongue is a weird thing. The tongue is a very strange and weird part of our body. In fact, your tongue is a very unique part of your body. It is a muscle that is not connected to a bone. It is the only muscle not connected to a bone. That's why we can do fun things like... You probably can't see that on camera. But those of you here can. You can roll your tongue. You can crinkle your tongue. You can do all kinds of crazy things with your tongue that you can't normally do. But see, here's the thing. The tongue is unique beyond just that. The tongue has the ability to actually detect your health. If you look at your tongue... Uh, and it's a different color than it's supposed to be, that pinkish red color. If it's a different color like this, if it's white, you've probably got a fungal infection. If it's yellow, you've probably got stomach problems or a fever. If it's blue, you ate a blue starburst. Oh, oh, or smurf. All the time, our little Ellie, our bonus baby that y'all have seen. Uh, she'll go, what color is my tongue, Daddy? After she's eating something. And, and so that, for me, that's one of the weird things is our tongues change color based on our health. But also, your tongue is as unique as your fingerprint. Your tongue print can identify you just like your fingerprint can. It's just some neat things. I was like, I need to find out about the tongue. The longest tongue in the world is almost four inches long. And that's... Stuck out of the mouth. That's not four inches like total. That's four inches stuck out of the mouth. The average tongue is about uh, two inches. We also find out this is really, a really neat thing, is that uh, in some countries, like if in America you stick your tongue out at someone, it's kind of like a, you're kind of poking at them. But if you're in Tibet, okay, and all of you that are planning trips to Tibet, I know you're, it's on your to-do list once Corona's over, right? That you, if you stick out your tongue to someone in Tibet, it is a sign of affection and hospitality. You're telling them, I'm glad to see you. Mm. It's really unique how the tongue has all these different roles, all these neat uh, little things. But the thing about the tongue is this, is the tongue, according to what we're going to read today, is the most dangerous part of your body, that it is the most dangerous part of your body, that it can cause more strife and struggle than any other part. And so as we're going to read what James has to say today about the tongue, we're going to catch three different things about the tongue. We're going to catch that the tongue has potential. We're going to catch that the tongue can produce pain. We're also going to see, though, that the tongue can produce praise. And so we're going to look at those three things today. I'm going to read from James chapter 3, starting in verse one I'm not going to ask you to stand in your own homes. But we're going to read the word of the Lord together today. Verse 1 of James 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they will obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. A world of unrighteousness, the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and the sea creatures can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil. I'm going to say that one more time. No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Father and Lord, and with it, we curse the people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Father God, today, as we read your word, God, will we be willing to examine our own heart? God, to recognize that our words can be painful. God, to recognize that, Lord, our tongues can do great damage. But, Father, to recognize there's a purpose, a purpose for our tongue. God, to bring you praise, to make you famous. And today, Father, I pray as we... Divide the word together. God, as we seek to understand it better. God, that we would repent. God, that we would repent of our failures. That we would return to righteousness. God, today would you hide me behind the cross. Father, I pray for those who are here and those who are online. God, that you would Speak to them today, clearly. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us first by sending your son, Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Well, I tell you every time that I preach that God works on me with what I'm preaching. There was difficult weeks when we were walking through trials, and there was weeks of temptation when we were walking through temptation. And this week, we get to the tongue, and can I go ahead and just confess, this week, my tongue has been difficult to bridle. I'm just going ahead and confess it. I'm letting it be known uh, that your pastor is not a perfect person in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And this week, I have had to say sorry many times that I will say something and not mean for it to come out the way it comes, or I will say something and not mean for it to be received the way it's received, and I've had to go back to people and say, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't intend to hurt you. Or I'm sorry, I did not intend for you to receive it this way. See, the, the tongue can cause lots of problems. And see, James starts off understanding this with his people. He starts off real quickly. And he wants the people to understand there's a ton of potential behind the tongue. He starts off with a statement. And it's very interesting. He says that not everybody should be a teacher. (laughs) He says, look, there's a lot of great potential in the tongue to do great things. That the tongue has the ability to cause uh, lots of people to hear the gospel, to understand truth, that you can speak great words to people. And it automatically drew my mind to a quote from one of my favorite movies when I was younger. And it comes originally from a comic book. But the statement is, with great power comes great responsibility. And that's from Spider-Man. Those of you that did not know that, that's Uncle Ben in Spider-Man. It says, with great power comes great Responsibility. See, here's the thing, the words we say have great power. See, James starts this discussion and he says, listen, the tongue and the power of your words have great power and potential. See, but James brings this up. He says, Not everybody should be teachers. Why? Because I can tell you, as a, as a former youth pastor and as a per- person who's had to put together Sunday school classes and we're always looking for teachers, and you go, oh, we need teachers, oh, we need teachers. And sometimes you feel somebody just teaches because you need a warm body in the room. <laughs> You're like, I need you to teach because I just need somebody to stand there and make sure kids don't kill each other. And I'll have people say to me, you know, Pastor, uh, I, the passage in James that says that not everybody should be teachers as me and I shouldn't teach. You know why there's such a scrutiny upon teachers? Because, listen, one of the most challenging things about being a teacher of the Word of God is this, is that people often criticize the messenger, realizing it's not even our message. So when I teach and preach, I don't preach my own message. Trust me, there's lots of times I would like to look at this and go, we'll skip this topic because this is too difficult for me. Then we'll just move on to something else. Then we'll just jump over it. Listen, the reason that we're judged harsher when we teach is because we have greater influence. If you think about it for a moment, maybe you're like me, maybe you can flash back to a teacher that you had in school that just absolutely changed your life. I, I had so many influential teachers in my life, but the one that that sticks out just immediately is my uh, 11th grade uh, physics teacher. Now that may sound interesting for a pastor, (laughs) that physics teacher is probably the one that had the greatest influence on my life, but Coach Nowicki was my 10th grade chemistry teacher, my 11th grade physics teacher, and he was also my powerlifting coach. And Coach Nowicki and I came to Christ the same week. He would always talk to me about Jesus. It was amazing. Once he came to Christ, he was like, can I tell you where the power of, of life comes from? Can I, can I do this? Can I do that? He was always such an impactful teacher in my life. But do you know that I probably judged every word he said a little bit harsher than anybody else because I was like, I want to glean something from what you're saying. I want to learn from what you're saying. Even if it was about physics, I was sucked in. I was drawn in. And he had great influence in my life. That's why teachers are judged more harshly. Because they have greater influence. And in this day and age where you can uh, get on the internet and teach people, you can teach a million people something in about 15 minutes. That's, That's the scary thing nowadays is that you can get on a, an app like a TikTok and you can teach somebody a dance or you can teach somebody uh, recipes. My wife, every, she cooked meals this week and she did a great job cooking and everything she's cooked has been a menu or a recipe she's gotten from TikTok. And it's been phenomenal. It's been great. But do we don't recognize nowadays that every, almost everybody is taking the role of influencer or teacher. In some way, with our words. And can I tell you, I, I know this isn't the tongue, but can I tell you one of the most dangerous things we've learned to do now is to speak with our fingers and not with our actual mouths. People will say a lot of things that they, with their fingers that they won't say with their own mouths. We call those folks keyboard warriors. The reality is, is you have a ton of potential to teach with the tongue. That God's given you. The reality for each of us, though, is that God has really called every single one of us to teach in some way. Whether we want the responsibility or not, all of us are called to teach in some way. Just look at the Great Commission. Jesus tells us that we're to go and teach everybody everything that He's commanded. So, everything, if you're a believer, everything that you've read in this Word, everything you know that to be true, you have a responsibility to teach it which is a great potential. This word that God has given us has so great a potential to reach the lost. I want to give you this verse here from Proverbs 18. It's one of my favorite Proverbs, Proverbs 18, 21. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it says, and those who love it will eat it's fruit. The reality for each and every one of us is the words we say to, to one another or to, uh, to even uh, a mass message can bring life to others. Or it can bring death. I guess this week as I've read this passage and read these verses over and over and over, I've thought about the way I sometimes speak to my own kids. And sometimes I can be very harsh. Can I just be honest with you? I can be very harsh. Because I expect a lot out of my kids. I expect my kids to, to listen. I expect my kids to obey. I expect my kids to learn the things we teach them. Like And, and I'm just going to go ahead and throw this story out there and uh, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness later when I get home. But my sweet, sweet little Georgia, I love, I love my, my middle kid. She's different than the other two, completely, looks different, acts different. But that kid has been taught about 145,000 times how to wash dishes. And I don't think she's figured it out yet. Not a single time. And I'm just going to tell you, I laid into her on Monday. I'll confess, I laid into her on Monday. And I was like, what are you not getting? We've told you how to do this. Fill the sink up. Wash the dishes. I mean, just blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there and I watch and she starts to tear up. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, you know what, I have the potential with my words to either bless my kids or to hurt my kids. Now, I would love to say that's the only time this week I failed. (laughs) It wasn't. But for me, it was an opportunity to recognize that my words have power. Another proverb for you, Proverbs 12, 18 it says there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. You ever said something that you recognized you hurt? The moment you said it, you were like, "I wish I could pull that back. I wish I could have could have just said something different." See, the, there's ones whose words are like sword thrust. But this is what it says: but the tongue of the wise brings healing.
1: See, our words have the
0: ability to bring healing. How do you heal someone after you've thrust your sword of, of anger into them or, or said a harsh word or a rash thing? How do you fix that? How do you bring healing in that? It's called repentance. Ask for forgiveness. Confess to people. Hey, I'm so sorry. I said this in a wrong way. I said this in a wrong motive with the wrong heart. And sometimes the forgiveness that you offer them is the healing that's needed. See, James recognizes, he says, look, teaching provides an opportunity for the gospel to go out. That's potential. But your words, if they're not guarded, are dangerous. And can I tell you, sometimes as a pastor, our words get all twisted and tied up. and uh, I mean, if y'all haven't figured it out yet, I preach really fast sometimes. And afterwards, I have to go, my tongue got tied up. My, my words got twisted. I remember growing up in a church where we had a pastor that would, every now and then, he would stumble over his words and he would stutter. And we'd have people that would write down how many times the pastor stuttered during the sermon. You keep a tally just a running tally and they would post it they would post it in a local newsletter this pastor stuttered this many times this week it's like, they were all concerned about the pastor's tongue when the reality was their tongue was the one doing the damage see the tongue has a ton of potential we can use the tongue to build people up, or we can use the tongue to tear people down. I want to remind you of what Romans 10.10 10 says too, is that for with the heart one believes and is justified, but with the mouth we confess. And we're saved. See, the mouth and the tongue have the ability to share the gospel, but they also have the ability to repeat the gospel. To state that, you know what, I trust and Jesus, and can I tell you the greatest thing that any mouth or any tongue will ever do is found in Romans 14, 11. It says, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Mm. Shall so confess that he is God. See, the greatest thing your tongue can ever do is confess the goodness and glory of God. But James was a pretty smart fellow. <laughs> and he knew that while the mouth is meant to, for great things, every part of your body God designed to glorify Him. Every single part, even from your pinky toe to your tongue, God designed it for His glory, for His goodness. But here's the thing. James knew that it was going to be hard to master. If you remember, though, what Jesus actually says about the words that come out of your mouth, he says they start somewhere else first. He says that the words that come out of your mouth, this is in Matthew 15, they come from your heart. See, what's hard to master is the tongue, but what's even more difficult to train is the heart. The problem with our tongues is that our hearts are wicked too. We all fall short there. You see, that pain that comes from the tongue, I want to read through verses 4 and 8 again real quickly to help solidify this idea that we have pain that comes from our tongue. It says, look at a ship. It says, though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they're guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a small member, but yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire! The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire. By hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed, and they've been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. This idea that pain comes from the tongue, we've got to recognize while the tongue has a ton of potential, it also has the opportunity to cause pain. The two examples that that James uses here, uh, he talks about fire. Fire's good in itself, is it not? It provides warmth. It keeps predators away. It helps you make s'mores. I mean, fire is good, right? I mean, man made fire. It's good. I mean, man makes fire, and we look and we go, Yes! My neighbors, they've been building bonfires every night in their backyard in their fire pit. And Rachel's like, you need a fire pit. We're going to get you a fire pit. I'm like, yes, man, burn thing, good. I mean, you know, it's just how we work. Fire's a good thing. But guess what? When fire gets out of control, it's dangerous. Fire has great potential to do great things. But when fire gets out of control, it does a lot of damage. Just like a ship. A ship, says that, it says it's got a small rudder that controls this large ship and leads it where it's supposed to go. Just about this time last year, the Walton clan loaded up on a cruise ship. We loaded up on a cruise ship and went down to uh, Mexico, and we were at one of our ports. And, and the day after we got back, we saw in the news that two boats in one of the ports we had visited ran into each other. They ran into each other. How does a boat the size of our church run into another boat the size of the church? How does that happen? Well, easily. Because the one who was directing the boats, they weren't paying attention. They ended up firing the guy that actually was the one who made the boat run into the other boat. Because he was piloting it wrong. The reality is, if we don't learn to control this thing, even though our mouths can be used for such good things, if we don't learn to control it, it will cause damage. See, Psalm 10:7 says this: says, his mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. It says, under their tongues are mischief and iniquity. I love this one. Psalm twelve three says, May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that makes great boasts. Growing up, I had a <clears throat> really good friend that we would all hang out, and his name was Derek. And Derek, at the time, was all smaller than the rest of us. Like, we were all pretty big, taller. I know I'm not tall, but we were taller than him. Derek was about this tall. And Derek would walk up to guys uh, <clears throat> that we did not know. We'd go hang out at the mall and he'd walk up to guys we didn't know and he'd look at him. and he'd say, I don't like you. Then turn around and walk away. Guys that we didn't know. Guys that were like 6'3", 3'15", they'd wait. I just don't like you. He'd turn around and walk away. And we'd always use this one phrase to him. We'd be like, Derek, your mouth is writing checks your body can't cash. You ever heard that before? Or is that just a southern thing? Okay, thank you. There's the, those the people that are in here with me are agreeing. Okay. Reality is this, is that you're saying things at times that you just can't afford to say. Sometimes you, you make things up. Sometimes you flatter. Sometimes you lie. And these are things that you cannot keep up with. I, I used to go nuts when we'd work at the boys' home and we'd sit there and we'd talk to these boys. And We'd go, like, hey, tell me about your family life. Oh, my family, we live in a mansion and we drive sports cars and, and we, we do this and that and this and that. And I'm like, why are you in here? Well, you know, they would boast of these great things, these massive things. They boast of, of just having these grandiose lives. But here they are living in a boy's home because they, they were living in lies. I mentioned earlier the tongue can tell a lot about your health. One of the things that uh, I've always found interesting about the tongue is the need to brush it. You know how you brush your tongue? Please tell me you brush your tongues, people. I'm scared. Uh, You brush your tongue when you brush your teeth. And I've read this, that the actual bad breath comes from the lack of brushing your tongue and not your teeth. Sometimes we have to recognize that our tongue can give not only bad breath, but it can even smell like death. And I want to tell you how. Romans chapter 3, verse 13. It says this. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. The true definition of bad breath is not halitosis, but it is the poison that comes from our words. We have an open grave, it says. Our throats are like open graves that that we just say things that that are painful, that just stink, that are ugly, that are rude, that are hateful. And James says this, he says, listen, that will set a fire that will burn up your whole life. And he says, it'll set it on fire by hell. See, our mouths are dangerous weapons. See, Jeremiah even considers your tongue to be a deadly arrow. And it says this, it says, the tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceitful. With his mouth, each person speaks peace to his neighbor. But in his heart, he plans ambush for him. See the old adage, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I did that with my tongue, you get it? The reality is that words are more painful. The things that can be said to you are more painful than any actions. Just sit and ask someone who's been verbally abused by someone. They'll tell you they'd rather them been hit, kicked, or punched instead of facing that. That words cause such great damage. But think about sometimes how the words you say come back to bite you. I know I'm the only one in the room who's ever told a lie. And then had to tell another lie to cover up that lie. And then kill another one. And then another one. I remember that as a child, I'd be asking for my mom if I had homework from school. No! This is back before they could post it online that you had not turned in your assignments. My mom was like, You have homework tonight? No, mom. And it'd run for like three or four days. No, I don't have any homework. And then my mom, being a school teacher, would talk to another school teacher. But Wade hadn't turned his homework in all week long. Well, mom, the teacher said that we didn't have to turn it in if we didn't want to. And then, you know, it turns into, the next thing you know, well, the dog ate my homework and we only had cats. So, I mean, it was always just some story I had to build in order to protect myself from the original lie that i told in the first place. The reality is that we've got to recognize that it's not only hurtful words, but it's things like lies and gossip, and it's even the lack of encouragement when people need it. It's not just that, oh, well, I said something hurtful. Or I said something painful. Sometimes it's the lack of saying something that's healing. We've got to understand that our tongues are dangerous weapons when we use them wrong. I know I've mentioned before that I have a habit of using a uh, butter knife as a flathead screwdriver. When you use something wrong, I'm not sure if y'all do this. Most of my butter knives have a little tip on the end that's turned. Yeah, Carrie's got that, yeah. <clears throat> because I've used it wrong. When you continue to use something wrong, you begin to damage it to a place you can't repair it. And when you use your mouth in evil ways, it does get to the point after so long that you just can't repair it anymore. You've, you've used it wrong so many times that you forget how to use it right. That The point for us in that is understanding that while God gave us a tongue for good, if we don't understand how to use it the right way, it's always going to cause pain. See, James reminds us that we have figured out how to tame animals, but we haven't figured out how to control the vicious tongue. We can teach a dog to sit, roll over, to fetch, but we can't teach our tongue. How to be honorable. How to bring blessings. How to not destroy other people. We see, we've got this potential. And then we see the pain. And then I want us to see what the tongue supposed to produce. Look with me in verses 9 through 12. It says, with it we bless our Lord and Father. And with it we curse people who he made in his likeness. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield Fresh water. See, James closes this section with some bold claims. The first one is this He says, You can't bless God while cursing his people. Now, I want to give you a little deeper understanding of the word cursing here. It is not like profanity, okay? That's not the same word. We're not looking at using profane language while God does not honor profane language he doesn't want us to use profane language he doesn't want us to hear profane language the reality in this verse when it says we bless god and curse his people means that we cut down his people that we that we make fun or we belittle his people or that we wish bad things upon his people see we we can't look at our creator and then make fun of his creation can i tell you why because you're part of his creation too Is that God created you and he created everyone else in his likeness. You can't destroy other people if our goal is to build them up to know Christ. It's it's, antithetical to do that. It doesn't doesn't bring about the purpose we created for. What's interesting is um, during this election cycle, and I don't even know if the thing's over yet, I just gave up. I just quit following it, and we'll have a president on January 20th one way or the other. But to see people who call themselves followers of Jesus tearing down other individuals that either they are running for office or that they got voted in the office or tearing down people who voted for other people who voted for, for certain people, it's, it's almost to the point where you just want to turn off all communication. Just like, just turn off the TV, turn off your phones, don't talk to anybody, burn every newspaper, just avoid it. Because it's a sad thing to me to see other Christians tearing down people over an elected official. We have to remember that God puts people on the throne that he wants on the throne. And we have to be respectful and kind and loving to one another. You have a greater duty to the kingdom of God than you do to the country of America. That was a sidebar. You didn't pay for that. Second thing I want us to see, though, is this: is those people who speak like trash, but bless the Lord, are hypocrites. They're a divided person. You can't be a divided person. In fact, the Lord says that you're either hot for me or you're cold for me. You can't be halfway. He says you can't be halfway. I'm going to vomit you out. We cannot bless the Lord and curse His people and expect God to honor what we do. That's why I think we we have these Strives, strifes and these disunity issues within the body of Christ is because we're too focused on everybody else and not focused enough on the Lord. We need to focus our lives on honoring Christ. And here's the other thing is inconsistency in our speech provides people with an inconsistent picture of what a believer should look like. How many times have you heard someone say that they can't follow Jesus because of other Christians? Because we're too busy bashing people or too busy destroying other people instead of looking up to heaven and blessing God. But see, it all comes back to what I mentioned earlier. He says this in verse 11. He says, there's a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water. Well, look, <clears throat> if you've ever seen a spring or a geyser, what you're seeing is just the top level. You're seeing the opening. and You're seeing the liquid come out, the water come out, the steam come out. But you know, it all starts down deeper. It doesn't start at the surface. It all starts at the bottom. And you know, if we want to see our tongues... we've got to start with fixing our hearts. We've got to start with fixing our hearts. See, if you're prideful, you're going to speak about boastful things. If you're dishonest, your mouths are going to speak lies. If you're insecure, your mouth is going to speak hurtful things about other people. See, the mouth only produces what is planted in the heart. So I ask you as you sit there this morning in your living rooms or at your coffee table or if you're even watching from your porch. What comes out of your mouth? What are the things that you're saying that are hurting your witness? What are the things that are damaging your family? What are the things that are causing strife and struggle for you that you're saying? Can I tell you the mouth may be what speaks it, but your heart is what thinks it. I want to give you a, real quickly just some <clears throat> practical ways to have uh, a tame tongue. Just real quickly, just some practical ways to have a tame tongue. Number one is is to be quick to listen and slow to speak. James says that in chapter one, verse nineteen. Abraham Lincoln says it this way, I love this, he says, it's better to remain silent and be thoughtful than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> I probably should practice that one a little bit more often. But not only do we need to be quick to listen and, and slow to speak, and we've got to keep a tight rein on our tongues. Sometimes it's best, best just to bite your tongue. One of the other things we need to do is just refuse to tear down other people. Just refuse to tear down other people. The fourth one is we need to speak only what is truthful. And the fifth one is this, is that we need to pray for God's help in taming our tongues. James says no man can tame a tongue, but God can. Anything's possible with God. You want a productive tongue? Be silent. You want to be a, have a productive tongue? Don't gossip. You have a productive tongue? Be addicted to speaking only about Jesus. And if you want to have a productive tongue, you need to be continually praising the Lord. Psalm thirty-four one. I'm going to close with this. Psalm thirty-four one says this: "I will bless the Lord at all times." His praise shall be continually in my mouth. You know what will keep you from cursing other people? is having the words of praise continually in your mouth. Continually praising God. And and right now you may be in a season where you're like, Pastor, I don't have a whole lot to praise Him about. I'm, I'm going through COVID. I lost my job. My family's suffering. I'm hurting. I want to ask you a question. Are you breathing? Because everything that has breath, praise the Lord. If you're watching this today, then you have to have a blessing because somehow you have a device in your home to watch this. Can I just remind you that while there are difficulties, while there are struggles, while there are strifes, we must praise the Lord. I love when I hear people say, I... Pastor, I just, don't, I just don't like singing. You ever heard that worship team? You ever hear people say, I, I just don't like singing. You're really going to hate heaven if you don't like singing. Just putting that out there for you. If your mouth is busy praising God, you don't have time to slander anybody else. You don't have time to destroy other people because you're reminded of how great and glorious and good our God is. And the words we sang earlier, our God is greater. He's greater than any struggles or battles that tempt your tongue to speak evil. Would you put that to the test this week? Would you put that to the test this week to spend time praising and to see how much sweeter the words of your mouth are this week? I'm going to close us in a word of prayer. Our worship team is going to come up and lead us in a, in a final song. But as they do, would you join me in prayer? Father God, we do praise your name. name that is above all names a name that causes the demons to shake and the angels to shout god may it be the same here on earth god may we be so full of your praise god so filled with your spirit father that when the opportunity comes to speak that we would speak life and not death god that we would speak healing and not sword thrusts god that we would speak truth and not lies god that we would bring glory your name, Father. I'm just reminded as I as I think back of this verse, God, that this passage today that just that fire. God, fire can be great. It can bring about positive. But God, when it gets out of control, it can hurt. It can destroy. God, would you help us this week to, to use our mouths to bring glory and honor to your name? God, would you help us if, it, if maybe our issue is not the words we speak, but the words we type, God, would you lead our fingers this week to type praise and not pain? God, I confess this is an area in my life where I'm, I'm a work in progress. Father, I thank you that you're working. That you're working on me. You're whittling away. God, you're, you're bringing out things that just need to be removed. God, I know I'm not alone. I know there are people that are sitting at home, people that are here. God, that that's something that they need to work on as well. God, would you just continue to, to work in us and on us. Father? As we prepare for this week of Thanksgiving. God, would you remind us to use our mouths to speak of things we're thankful for. Because God, you've provided a lot of things for us, but none greater than Jesus. Father, this week, I pray that there would be someone who would speak and confess that they need Jesus. God, you're faithful and true. and We trust you today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.